This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday, the 8th of December, 2022. And today on the show, we're back reading more of your emails and listening to your feedback and also talking about the big SiteTech Global Conference. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, welcome to it, guys. Hello, Double Tappers. Hello, Sean Priest. How are Hello, you? Hello, Stephen Scott. I am great. Thank you. How are you? Are you, though? Are you, though? What? Really? Inside myself? No, I am fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because I'm kind of I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually oh. worried about you. Like, genuinely. Okay. Well, yeah. look, I'll be, actually, if I'm not being really honest, I'm not, I'm not that worried. Well, I'm, no. I'm more thinking about how this will impact me. Because you're in that shed right yes. now. Yes, yes. And it's like a million degrees minus. I mean, I'm not a, a meteorologist. No, that, that's true. Yes. But I do believe it is minus one million degrees in your shed at the moment. I've got to say, the shed is slightly on the chilly side. It's absolutely freezing. But then I am mindful of, you know... Canada, and when I listen to the weather, <laughs> our our minus three or whatever it is seems like uh, tropical paradise. So Shh, don't no. tell them that. Look, climate change. Just blame climate change. See, oh, it's, of course, it's ridiculous. Uh, You've got polar bears now in Manchester. Absolutely. You've got uh, penguins yes. wearing hats. Uh, <laughs> why wearing hats? I, I don't. Why wouldn't they? Well, I think why, the bigger question is why wouldn't they wear a hat? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I was thinking for a second there. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Where's the when logic? I am cold in here, but I am wrapped in blankets and everything, so it's fine. You know what? I'll put myself out just for the show. Do you know what I love about this? I can't wait to see the next shot of the shed. It's just going to be you. You're going to be. You're going to turn into a sheep. <laughs> you just look like a big sheep sitting there with a big duvet around you. That's going to be fantastic. I love Sean it. of the Shed on YouTube. Check it out. Sean S H A U N of the Shed. <sighs> Oh, do you know something? It, it, it would be um, trite for us not to mention that wonderful show. Because, yes, you're right, it's now on podcast. It's, oh, it was always on podcast. But yes. now it's its own podcast, right? Yes, that's right. Yes, it's on its own now. They've thrown me out of the AMI audio exclusives. <laughs> you're no longer exclusive. <laughs> Any club that would have me as a member, I'm apparently not allowed. So, yes, you will. You can find me in any podcasting app, Sean of the Shed, and yes, also on YouTube. Like and subscribe, I believe I need to say. Like and subscribe. Oh, you've become one of them. I have. You've become I'm one of the it. sheep. Um, uh, well, literally, because you're waiting to do it. <laughs> Uh, listen, we've got lots to get through today. We're going to be joined a bit later by Brian Fischler. He's the host of the, uh, oh. or sorry, that Real Blind Tech Show. I do have issues with the name there because um, I think I think we are the Real Blind Tech Show. To be perfectly honest, I think we're that Real Blind Tech Show. I think we are that real that realer Blind yes. Tech Show. We'll see him in court. We're more blind. <laughs> How does that work? Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to get Brian on because he is the host, not just of that Real Blind Tech show, but the podcast, which you can get on at places where you get good and bad podcasts. But um, you can uh, also catch him today. And in uh, if you had a time machine, you could, you know, if someone built a time machine and went back yeah. in time to yesterday, you could listen to him yesterday as well. That because, was a beautiful intro. Well done. That was an amazing segment. Because he, he can, <laughs> you can uh, watch the Site Tech Global event happening uh, online. It's happening on uh, online and on demand. And if you miss any of it, like, you know, because you didn't get the time machine built in time uh-huh. to go back yesterday to, you know, catch all the great content... You can actually now, don't have to worry, but you can abandon the plans. You can come out of the garage. Let, let it go. Let okay. the time machine uh, thing just, pass okay, away. I was, I was just trying to get over that particular <laughs> bump in the road. Uh, but yeah, you can go and you can catch all the stuff on demand. So yeah, Site Tech Global is a big event. And actually, I was quite excited about it this year because a lot of the topics that are coming up, they are, they are very relevant to, I think, not just the, the disabled community, but actually bringing in a lot of the topics and, and discussions that, you know, mainstream media is having, mainstream, you know, tech media are talking about. I mean, for example, you know, we talk about the the issues around artificial intelligence and what that will mean for us and, you know, those kind of topics. How is smart tech enabling us to have a, a better life? You know, what about privacy and security when it comes to our technology? All these big questions. 
very much relevant to our community as well. And that's what SciTech Global offers to pose, but through the prism of blindness. And I think that is brilliant. So Brian's the host. He's totally blind as well. He's uh, the host of the event. And we're going to be talking to him a bit later about it. So looking forward to that. But before we get to that, before we get to Brian, I want to bring up the feedback because I'm bringing this first email in. I'm bringing it to the top deliberately. Okay. It's aimed at you. Of course it was. That's why. See, I knew as soon as you said I'm going to bring this one in right away, I knew it had to be about me. Uh, It is about you. And I think it raises some serious questions following the, the chat we've just had about your shed. This is an email from Gary, who's written in to us. He's a bit suspicious, shall we say. Uh, Laura, as always, reads our emails. Hello, Stephen and Sir Sean. I was flabbergasted, yes, flabbergasted, to hear Sean casually flaunt his 1,000 square metre Wi-Fi coverage. I assume this includes his mansion, including what he suspiciously calls his shed. I guess he thought he would slip that past us imperial folks who haven't gotten used to metric references. 1,000 square metres is about 10,800 square feet. Since most houses, at least in Ohio, are about 2,000 square feet or so, a 10,800 square feet dwelling definitely qualifies as a mansion, or at least a pretty fancy house, even if it does have a shed nearby. I thought you, Stephen, was the guy with some ready cash, but Sean has been holding out on us. Mm -hmm. I suspect to never hear him again complaining about not being able to afford expensive tech – Almost anything else is heart desires. It is like finding him with his hand in the cookie jar, then finding out that along with owning the cookie jar, he also owns the cookies. I won't tell Mr F if you promise not to tell him. We can just keep this our little secret, unless Sean lets it slip out again. I think he's a keeper, even if he is richer than, well, richer than me and probably richer than you. Great show, Gary Crow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Gary. Thank you. And yes, okay, so maybe I've got my metres and feet mixed up. I'm not entirely sure. But either way, just even if it's a thousand metre coverage, that doesn't mean, you know, that's the size of my house. That I could be covering the whole street. My point was, it doesn't even reach my shed, which is less than, um, I would say, 50 feet away from the actual house. So uh, thank you. And thanks for pointing out, I probably got that wrong. No, I, I think thou doth protest too much. I think, yes. something, I think there's something in this because there has been a conspiracy. You know, is the shed real? Hashtag is the shed real? <laughs> it's hashtag real. fake news. Hashtag friend of the shed, question mark. It's set up in my soundstage in my <laughs> east wing. Yeah, okay. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's the same, that's the same place that did the moon landings, right? That's exactly right. The moon landing, Sean's shed. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Oh, the controversies around that shed are just absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And the, the, the fact that I know you're sitting there in that shed, freezing, freezing your backside off, you know, wishing that you did have a soundstage you could put that thing in just makes me laugh all the time. I love it. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for the email. Uh, Negative Julian's been back in touch. Hello, team. In the hope that I am not your only remaining Android-using listener, a little bit of news that may have escaped the attention of my fellow enlightened ones. The good news is that whilst there are cutbacks through the tech sector, the accessibility people at Google seem to be still hard at work. Back in early October, we had automatically describe icons added to TalkBack. As of the 30th of November, we now also have Reading Mode released as a separate Google app in the Play Store. The purpose of the app is to facilitate text reading for the blind, partially sighted and dyslexic. Although it will read various forms of text, its main use would seem to be with web pages. One might wonder why this is necessary, given that there are already several ways of doing this. For TalkBack users, the read from top and read from next item commands have been available for years. The simplified view option is often available and the Hey Google read this page voice command is always worth a try, although it can be very finicky about which pages it will work with. There are, however, some advantages to reader mode. For the partially sighted and dyslexic, various changes can be made to the actual text. These include font size, spacing and colour, and underlining of text as it is read. Sadly, my own site is too far gone to make sensible comment about any of that. For the more visually impaired, the main advantage, in my opinion, is that graphics, links, adverts and so on should be automatically skipped, making for a smoother listening experience. 
There are six inbuilt English language voices to choose from and the speech rate can be changed from within the app. As with all web page reading applications, it is rather at the mercy of good formatting. Until web developers can get it into their heads that there are good reasons for standards of practice and guidelines, I fear that will always be the case. Personally, I find the implementation a little unintuitive, but not hopelessly so. Anyway, it is in the Play Store and free, so why not give it a try? Regards, Negative Julian. Well, there you go. That's... Wow, I had no idea. Thank you so much, Julian. Of course we didn't, because we don't have Android phones. Well, no, actually, that's not entirely true. We have them, but we rarely pick them up. I, I have picked Why? mine up before, because I often like to feel the heft of my Google Pixel 6a. And I think, you, know you, know you know what I love about the Google Pixel 6a? Every so often, I pick it up and I go, this is a great phone. This is just beautiful. The, the design of this thing mm-hmm. is so nice. And then I turn and then it you- on and I go, yeah, but where's my iPhone? Uh, and that's kind <gasps> of it. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a bit harsh, but absolutely correct. Yes, yeah, so I, I turned on my um, Samsung Galaxy S21 the other day just to update it and see. And it's, it's still on the charger, updating and talking away merrily. But uh, yeah, but uh, absolutely. I, I, I didn't know about that. And that's, that's a really good feature to shout out. Yeah. And, you know, actually, in fairness to Google, I mean, I say in fairness to Google, I mean, like, you know, look, Google do great work. I mean, there's absolutely no denial of that. You know, they do great work. And the truth is that, you know, we are iPhone people, right? But, you know, you cannot deny the work they're doing. I don't know if you heard this story, but in the UK, they've just opened their first yes. uh, centre, which is all about bringing disabled people in. It's a little bit like, I think it's almost similar to the uh, inclusive tech lab that Microsoft have created at yes. their head office, I think, or one of the head offices in, in the States. Um, in the UK, Google has a, a fantastic building. I've been in it. It's, it's, I mean, I, they allowed me in. I don't know. It must well have been a mistake somewhere. Um, I think I only offended five people, and that was at the door. But, um, <laughs> you know, once I got in, I did it properly. But, um, you know, I kept, I kept you know, the, the best bit about being in the Google building was going up to people and saying, so I don't know if you've seen this, right? It's called an iPhone. It's so cool. Um, Stop it. The best bit was they were all using iPhones as well. Just saying. Uh, Fake but news. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was so good. But no, they, they've now created this new um, tech lab, I guess, which is kind of similar in that way that they are wanting to bring disabled people in. This is what it's all about, right? Getting disabled people in and, and, you know, taking part in the process of building out these products. You know, what I love about this is it, it you can easily look at this as a kind of a, oh, it's like a show thing. You know, like when the Inclusive Tech Lab happened, you could easily turn around and go, yeah, you know, Microsoft just want to make a show of this and, you know, kind of like have a place where people can look at what they've done. But actually, it's so much more than that because you're actually seeing products coming out of these labs. It's not just a talking shop. And, you know Google has done so much already for people with disabilities that I think that that is why it's so important that this kind of work goes on. You know, they realize, these companies realize, and they talk about this. I mean, Christopher Patno, who leads the accessibility team, we've had him on our show. We've had him on the the show. I've met him personally a few times. He's a great guy at Google. He does a brilliant job of just advocating, but also he doesn't get in the way of it. Christopher's the, to me, Christopher Patno is the kind of guy who he just, it's almost like he, his job in life is to just open the door and say, look, come in. This is what we want you to to talk to us. Yeah. Tell tell us what you need. We will help build. Or, hey, you know, come and work for us. You know, that's yeah. the other line, which is, you know, well, come and work with us. Don't, don't, don't come and just be a, a voice. Actually come and work with us and be part of this. And I feel that with Microsoft, with Google, I would say Apple as well. But I think the difference with Apple is you just don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it's behind closed doors, yeah. right? They don't and have you, a, they, they've got a great accessibility team. They do a lot of great work. And it's kind of ironic in a way that the, the product and the... And I feel in some ways the, the product I've ended up using and the ecosystem I therefore support as a result of that, because I'm using it, you know, with Apple and yes. MacBooks and iPads and the AirPods and the TV and the everything else, you know... All that is because of the fact that I've that's where I started. That's what worked. And I feel that, you know, for someone who's going to, say, Android or, or, or coming to Android today, you're in actually a much better position with, with that product because you've got access to these people. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I saw a line in, in – uh, I was reading the article about that. 
And I think the line was, is it nothing for us without us? Nothing about us without us. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that says it all, right? And just paying, it's easy for a company to pay lip service. Yes, it's so important to us, you know, but as we saw with big tech and the cutbacks, you know, accessibility, eh, that's usually the first to go. Yeah. But when you see an investment like this in actual, you know, brick and mortar and things like that, that, that's that's a commitment. So, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Um, let's get an update now. This is actually from Cece, who uh, got in touch with us a while back, you might remember, to give us uh, an update on the Freestyle Libra app. That's the uh, piece of kit that uh, diabetics use to monitor their uh, blood sugars. Um, and there was a, a problem with the app, if I remember rightly. Well, Cece's been back in touch to to update us. Today, folks, this is Cece on the line from Montreal. It was fun to hear you have someone else named Cece, apparently. We played a message from last Friday. But I'm calling to say that Freestyle Libre Link app has been re- or updated, revised, and text-to-speech is working again. So it took them a couple of months, and they were blaming Apple the last time I called them. But it seems to be working again. So, yes, folks, you can get text-to-speech, and it will be announced with the Freestyle Libre app. And remember, counting on your knuckles is the best way to calculate how many days there are in each month. (laughs) Thanks, bye. Okay, well, thank you for that, CC. And, uh, yeah, there are two CCs. There you go. With a real CC, please stand up. Yeah, I I mean, I was going to say, oh, it took two months to fix this. I mean, really, that's not acceptable when it's something this important, reading, being able to monitor your glucose levels and things like that. But then with with the um, with the company saying, well, actually, it's Apple. I mean, I, I, I kind of can see that as well, because we know, you know FlickType, they were having so many problems with trying to push through mm. updates and app getting rejected. And you hear this a lot from developers. So, you know what, I'm going to cut them some slack. It's fixed now. And maybe there was some actual problems in actually getting the update through the app store rather than fixing the problem in the first place. So, And some I, might say, you know, well, it's pointing fingers. But actually, it's important you point fingers in this case because they it's not their fault. They have they have done the update. They've well, if fixed it's true, it. right, we don't know. But if that yeah. is the case, then absolutely. And this has a real world knock on effect. You know, how many people couldn't couldn't monitor? Their, this is important stuff. There shouldn't be delays on this. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, also, uh, and thank you, Cece. I appreciate the update on that. Um, Cece's become our Freestyle Libra correspondent, I find, um, yes. which is superb. Please keep it up, uh, Cece. Write that in the book. Absolutely. Get get that next to uh, the other Please guy with Metaverse and whatever else. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Um, I want to bring in this voicemail from Ronnie, because uh, you might remember Ronnie got in touch with us, and we all got a bit confused, um, because we were apparently on Santa's naughty list, but we weren't quite sure. Oh, that's why. right. Yes, remember that? Yes. So Ronnie has uh, got in touch to update us. Hi, guys. I don't think I have to tell you who I am anymore. No, I just told I you. want to apologize on the confusion <laughs> of the, my last message. It's, I don't know, I'm, I'm worse than grandkids with Christmas time. But anyways, I don't think you guys are going to be on the naughty list. I think you're going to be on my Santa's hit list. Every time I listen to your show, you guys give suggestions for devices, gizmos, and gadgets. And I think I need them. I want them. Mm. I think they're absolutely amazing. Yes. But it takes a hit on Santa's wallet. Right. Excuse me. That's true. Today, for example, those table coasters that you were talking about, I think I'm going to research them. I might even get some for my aging parents. And friends that just have hand tremors. I think they'd be absolutely awesome. See? Told you. You're right. Ciao. Thank Ciao. you, Ronnie. <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie. We need, to put, that. we need to put a link in the show notes, I believe. I'm sorry I'm giving you extra work there, but um, yeah, these table coasters could be a, a Christmas hit, Stephen no, Scott. No, I actually think we need to get them a double tap branded. I think that's what we need. I think we need double tap Oh, we need branded. a cut on merch. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think we need yeah, a cut yeah. out of this table yeah. coaster market here. Yes, let's make our own. <laughs> no, let's not make our own. That Again, that's work. You see, you're not thinking properly here. Sorry, sorry. But I'm yes. not about doing more work, or any work for that matter. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. more about other people doing work. 
that that appeals to me. Other people making it and me making money. That is okay. We'll easy. see what we can do. Thank you, Ronnie. Excellent. Yeah, thank you, Ronnie. Thanks for all your messages. We'll get more of them on tomorrow. Keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1-877-803-4567 is our listener line number. Get in touch and leave us a voicemail. Let us know if it's okay to use it on air, although we kind of just take the assumption you do these days. So, you know, um, <laughs> we'll just go with it until you, you tell us otherwise. Uh, but thank you so much for uh, getting in touch. Stick around, though. Brian Fischler is joining us next. He's from That Real Blind Tech Show podcast, and he's the host of Sight Tech Global. Find out what that is and why he's involved next. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. This is Double Tap, and uh, Sean and I are with you today. We're talking now about Site Tech Global, a big event that happens every year, but this year... Well, you know, I thought, I'll be honest with you, Sean, I think it's an even more special event than it's ever been this year because Ooh. our next guest is the host. <laughs> yes, it's definitely going to be special. We, we don't know how this one's <laughs> going to go. It's going to be fun, if nothing else. I have to say, I, I never thought that um, Howard Stern could ever host <laughs> an event like SciTech Global, but it seems that it happened. We have Brian Fischler with us. Uh, you will know Brian, of course, from That Real Blind Tech Show. I do have some questions around that title, Brian. Um, oh. But uh, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, hi. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Double Tap. Good good to be back. And uh, hey, great to be in the high, high company of Howard Stern. Yes. And uh, never never bad being compared to that. But now this this year, uh, Tech Global, it's off and running. A lot of fun. And it'll be interesting to see... If my business contacts are still talking to me after the conference full of years. <laughs> well, I was, yeah, because the reason I refer to Howard Stern is because you are a man who, you know, you're a bit like myself, although I'd say you're much better at it than I am, in that you're a funny man, you're a comedian, and you are someone who uh, certainly knows how to uh, tell a story, but also um, is not shy of putting out your opinions. Uh, is that is that a fair assessment? That's an understatement. <laughs> I, I've yet to be kicked off Twitter. <laughs> wow. Well, that's not saying much these days. That's a pretty long story. That's true. I'll try. Uh, yeah, I, I I am a tad opinionated. I speak my mind. I did uh, toe the corporate line a little, but I'll give SiteTech Global a lot of credit. They let me have fun with some of the intros, put some of my personality into it. And just like we, we selfless plug, that real blind tech show, we have a lot of fun with the intros. We make it entertaining because why does a tech conference have to be, you know, boring or dull? Absolutely. So, yeah. Not that the speakers, the speakers are all fantastic, but why does the host have to be boring or dull? And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. We had, a, we had a good time. Well, I want to talk about you and your role in all this in a minute, but I really want to get into the conference to start with because... You know, it is, you're right. You know, oftentimes these things come along and they have a, a sameness to them every single time. They always feel very corporate or they feel that they're speaking to, I don't know who they're speaking to. Is it business? Is it whoever? This conference, you know, just seeing some of the tweets that have been coming out, some of the conversations around, for example, artificial intelligence. We were talking about that this week and, you know, how the impact of artificial intelligence can, you know, be really beneficial, but also quite you know, detrimental, having real conversations and debates and discussion. That seems to be what I'm getting, you know, not not just AI, but across the board when it comes to technology, you know, smart tech, all the rest of it, how it can really impact us as, as blind and disabled people. It really feels like it's a conference that's looking to engage with people. They really are. For a conference that's virtual and the sessions have been pre-recorded, of course, there are some breakout sessions, those you have to catch live. But the great thing about SiteTech Global is it's all virtual and it's completely free. You don't even have to register if you don't want to. They ask you to register so they can keep you updated. But all you have to do is go to the website, SiteTechGlobal.com, and you click and play any of the videos on your own time. So that's one special thing. There is a little chat that you can get involved with and, and, and leave some comments. But they've got tomorrow – people. People working on tomorrow's tech today is one of the taglines of the conference. So artificial intelligence is a big conversation, the state of artificial intelligence. And is it getting smarter? Yeah, mm. Or is it getting dumber as we talk to some of these devices and they don't necessarily always do what we want to do? 
Oh, yes. Hello, Siri. How are you? Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Stephen's been talking about this a lot this week uh, to me, saying you know, how much he's looking forward to this one. So I, I suppose it sort of follows on from Stephen's question earlier, but what, what, what sets this apart? What do you think sets this apart from the other you know, conferences that we talk about and we see so often? A lot of things, you know, obviously the virtual aspect uh, compared to the conferences. And they did add a in-person day, which unfortunately my schedule is not allowing me to fly cross country uh, for, for this Friday. Um, but the level of speakers, I mean, you've got uh, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, you've got uh, people. One of the most exciting uh, sessions, I think, that people are really going to be, be interested in hearing is Winobo. And what's going on with uh, self-autonomous driving cars, which is obviously all of our dreams. And you've got really the companies that are doing the big things for the blind, visually impaired community. And you have a lot of the innovators that are working on that tech. So a little gets a little geeky. But you've got Larry Goldberg speaking at the conference, Saqib Sheikh, uh, Microsoft Seeing AI. It's a who's who of the blind tech world coming together for a few days to give you a peek behind the curtain of what they're working on. And you're there as well. <laughs> I, I got, I'm like John McClane from Die Hard. I was invited by mistake. <laughs> But, you know, how, how did you get involved in this? Because, I mean, it does, I mean, look, I'll be honest, right? I looked through some of the, the headings for, you know, the various uh, events that are happening around the metaverse, virtual reality, the dot pad, you know, the, the dynamic tactile uh, device, you know, all of that stuff. And it, it does feel very corporate. It's a great conversation. Don't get me wrong. I am really intrigued by this. And, you know, it's not often I will set time aside to go back and watch these events. I will with Site Tech Global. But, you know, I, I, you, know you are a, a jokey fun guy you know how, how do they bring do they bring you in to try and kind of you know amp this up a little bit and make it feel a bit more human honest truth uh, ned desmond the founder i believe went through his rolodex and my first name starts with b so he obviously alphabetizes by first name <laughs> and i think i was the first person to pick up the phone so <laughs> and he says okay sold it now we had a conversation they kind of i guess vetted me they, we have a, a lot of mutual acquaintances. I spoke last year at Site Tech Global about the Yahoo All Blind Fantasy Football League. Now that's our football, not your kicky kicky football over there. That's the Real American football. football. Yes. Yeah, and no. <laughs> they liked what I had to say last year. I think I presented well. I have a background in public speaking as well as comedy, and your listeners are like, "Well, when's he going to say something funny?" <laughs> yeah, tells a joke, Brian. <laughs> Is that, not what, is that not what people say to you when you tell them you're a comedian? They always tell you to tell them a I, joke? You know, I don't really tell jokes. I'm more a storyteller. I mean, I could tell you a quick one that I told at this year's Laugh for Sight that's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, is, is this family friendly? It's, it, it is. This is a PG one. Um, okay. I'm on the center button. We're good. Yeah, yeah. My mom, you know, she's a, a recent widow. So I was talking uh, about her lifestyle and, and how I just discovered she's on the dating apps and so I was reading her profile and I learned that mom has three grandkids. One has fleas, another eats out of a bowl, and the third's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so it's oh, a cute little joke. That's, and, I, I have a feeling that is the, um, that's the cleanest one you could tell us. It, yeah, pretty much. And uh, that made Thanksgiving dinner interesting. The nieces are not talking to me any longer. <laughs> well, you know, it's not all bad, is it? So, you know. No. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, though, that, that Brian, I, I think, I mean, we're joking about how you have your, you know, a little bit outspoken and you're, you're funny and whatever. But it's 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 making that the, the uh, conference more accessible, right? Because, as you mentioned, it does get a little bit geeky and some of the things talked about, you know, it's not your sort of beginner. Um, I think it does. I had to learn how to pronounce a lot of the words. <laughs> Because that stuff, it goes over my head uh, technology-wise and uh, as far as the English language goes. But was it, I was, was able it like to bring phone? a... Was that one of them? It's like, how do you... P, is it P-Hone? Is that with a... P-Hone? P or an this? F? F-O-N-O? <laughs> Spanish? And <laughs> telefono? The, uh, I brought a certain energy level, I think, to it. You know, they brought me... We, we went into a studio here in New York City and we did all the recordings and... I had uh, great help assistance because you know, there's a lot of words and I did have to work off of a script, 
But Ned realized that when I first read the script, that it was not really my voice. And, and thankfully, he allowed me to ad lib. And, and uh, in fact, I, I think I opened the conference talking about artificial intelligence, but I had to dumb it down for people at my level. So I just said, think of it as Terminator 2. But the machines, instead of here to kill us, they're here to help us as blind people. So. <laughs> I think, yeah. Isn't it great? Because I think that oftentimes, when, whenever I've been to events, especially in the UK, they're often, the blind people are there to listen. And the sighted people are there to tell us, you know, here's what you need to know. Mm-hmm. And always, I don't know if it felt like that in the US as well. I don't know about Canada you know, maybe elsewhere in the world, maybe it's not as bad as that, but I, I do feel in the UK, Sean, you can back me up on this. It mm-hmm. does sometimes feel very nannying. Yes. Um, and, you know, so it's so nice to hear that you're hosting this, but also that you're bringing in other people who are blind as well. And obviously people from other companies who are not blind, but they're part of the solution to a lot of the, the problems we have and a lot of the challenges we're going to face with technology. And, you know, it brings about a real conversation and it does it by being inclusive, but inclusive not just to the disabled community, but in fact everybody, and it highlights the capability of the community, right? So it, it makes the whole thing feel a bit more adult. You know, I don't know about you, but I often sometimes feel as disabled people were kind of treated like children a little bit. I'll tell you something I heard, which was leaked to me. There was somebody at a blindness organization, and I won't say which one, and they were talking to somebody that I knew and they said, Brian Fischler's hosting Sight Tech Global, but he doesn't seem to take his blindness seriously. And they're like, That's no, he just doesn't let it define him. And I thought it was very interesting that a sighted person would say that I don't take blindness seriously. How seriously do I need to take it? I mean, uh, coronary, coronary. <laughs> well, I, I, did have, I did have a friend once who I, I must admit he, he took his blindness very seriously. He didn't even have eyes. Oh, um, you know, he had yeah. no eyes at all. So I mean, he I was committed. T- he was he was going all the way on that. <laughs> yeah, one. just risked them out. Though, huh? What what I mean? What what do what do they mean by that? You know, what do they expect? It's it's a real strange attitude to have, isn't it? But it's it's not unique by any means. I could find the absurdity in almost anything, and I like pointing that out. Uh, I'm a stand up philosopher, I guess. I, I like to think I'm more of a cerebral comic. And what I like doing is, yes, blindness is a serious topic, but if you take it serious 24-7, you're going to have a freaking heart attack, and you're not Mm going to have any fun with your life. I used to be an uptight, blind a-hole, and once I just gave in to everything and kind of became more comfortable, you know, being going blind later in life like I did take some adapting and getting used to, I mean, I wasn't even into technology until 2009-ish. And I say now, thank God the nerds have won because now I live on their tech, everything they're creating. And before I was blind, I would I, I had no need for technology, but now it improves my life in so many ways. And I'm always looking for the next great thing, just like you guys. And I'm very passionate about it. But yeah, to tell me that I don't take it seriously, or not to tell me, but to, to think that way and I, I don't know. It was a very bizarre comment, but it was it was cool to hear. <laughs> <laughs> At least someone's talking about you. That's the main thing. As long as they're talking, that's good. true. That's true. And uh, I don't. Re- I I have a fairly thick skin, and it's not all the layers of fat. It's um, you know, it's just thick. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't my? Case. I love self-deprecating humor. If you have, yeah, but I, but I I I'm I'm with you on this, Brian. I think this is why when we initially met, I just felt so close to you in a lot of ways because I thought. You know, this is a guy who just... He, you could he, use the L word with me, love. It was I love wouldn't it. go that far. I mean, oh, okay. let's, let's not push it. But, you know, look, you are from New York, and love is a very strong word for New Yorkers, right? So come on. It is. It's um, tough to use. Uh, but, you know, I, I do feel that there's, there's a, a real simpatico between us because, you know, I, I don't take life particularly seriously um, all the time. And I think you have to live your life like that. But, you know, interesting, this week we've been talking a lot about the... the Before neuro- you go on, I didn't mm. tell you the second part of that comment. She said, Brian Fischler and Stephen Scott don't take mm. blindness serious enough. Oh, well, <laughs> who is this person? Let's name these people. Oh, I don't even know the person's name. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, look, you know, we, we do take ourselves, uh, you know, seriously when we need to. We don't take ourselves seriously all the time. That's where you and I, I think, go on so well, because, you know, ultimately we, we don't take life that seriously, right? But, yeah. 
It is interesting because this week we've been talking a lot about Neuralink and the whole Elon Musk story and this promise that he has put out there that, you know, someone who's never had vision could get vision as a result of this brain implant technology. Someone who has had spinal cord injury could get movement again and functionality in their body again, all those kind of things. And it's very interesting to get the reactions to that one. Well, not one, but one side of the argument, you might say, is that we don't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with us. We're not broken people. Um, and then there's other people who say, look, you know, whatever the solution is, give me it and empty my bank account to get me there if need be. Where do you stand on it? Well, first off, I'm severely broken, not just in blindness, mentally, physically, okay. uh, probably more cool, ways cool than I know. Right. Okay. <laughs> people ask, what's wrong with you? I said, do you want me to list it alphabetically or numerically? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that argument before. I've heard there's somebody that I'm thinking of again. I can't name names. I'm like in the uh, uh, witness protection program over here. Everybody I'm talking about. Uh, But I've heard people say there's nothing wrong with me. Oh, I don't need fixing. I can care. For example, Laugh for Sight is an organization. It's a comedy benefit that over the years we've raised money for research. And somebody actually told me they've never come to Laugh for Sight because we raise money for research and there's nothing wrong with them. So they don't care if they're ever cured. I said, yeah, but what about all the other people that do care if they're cured? Mm. And it was just really a bizarre attitude to have. And I've heard those people, similar people say, I don't need any fixing. And that's great. If you can live your life and you're being brutally honest with yourself about that, fantastic. I will be the first to tell you, I'm one of those people if there's a cure tomorrow, now don't get me wrong, if it's one in a million chance and there's something they're going to do more damage with or potential long-term harm, you know, then I'm going to be a little more cautious. But if you told me tomorrow you got a 60-40 chance that this will allow you to see television again, I can't even say that line. Actually, I had a line. It was a little dirty. And I was like, no, I can't use that line. Yes. <laughs> we know where you were going with that. Yes. Fine. <laughs> Television, movies, sports, and another thing. If I could L- see late them night again. movies? Uh, Is this what we're kind of heading towards? <laughs> no. <laughs> Something you see in R-rated movies. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while for you. Sign me up. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> carry on. Well, that, that's that's the subject that, that seems to drive technology and everything in well, human yes. existence. Yes, Absolutely. yes, there's something wrong with that. Yes. I, I, it's funny, though, Ryan, because we're, we're often saying you know, people people need to get comfortable with blindness. And it sort of goes back to the, you know, not serious about being blind. But it's so difficult if you lose light, uh, sight later on in life. And coming to that acceptance of it, it's really difficult. So to hear someone say, you know what? I'm fine as I am is is really great. It's something that we wish everyone had because, you know, so many people struggle with it. But at the same time, it seems like, hang on, now, aren't we going a little bit too far? If we can get uh, you know, your site back, isn't that a, a good thing? That's definitely a positive, isn't it? So it I, is, it's, I find it really difficult to condemn anyone, you know, saying, oh, I'm not broke because I'm great for you. Good. But at the same time, I'm thinking, really? I, I, it's a real strange situation. I don't believe anybody who says they're fine as they are, because you ask anybody, move away from blindness. Oh, yeah, I can afford to lose a few pounds. I, you know, wish this eyebrow looked a little better. I wish I had blonde hair instead of brunette hair. Nobody's fine with who they are, really, unless you're Sandra Bullock or Jennifer Aniston, because they're perfect. But uh, Brad Pitt, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) But I'm sure behind closed doors, they have their, their own issues. Nobody's really, truly 100% perfectly happy with who they are. Everybody's always looking for a little self-improvement. Ours just happens to be vision. Well, it's more—it's deeper than that, though, isn't it? It's deeper than just losing a few pounds. I mean, I get where you're coming from, and I get the, the comparison there, but this is, is deeper than that. And, of course, the difference is that you can lose a few pounds if you try, and you can fix that eyebrow or whatever it is, you know, but getting your vision back isn't a choice necessarily. Can but I, I think- just say, how weird are your eyebrows that you're fixated on them? <laughs> Specifically uh, one eyebrow. I, I always had a thing. <laughs> Luke Perry had this cool little scar in his eyebrow. I was like, I could, yeah, that, that's kind of a cool little thing. I'd like one of those, you know? So I thank God I don't have one of those uni brows. I went to high school with a guy like that. Freakiest thing I ever saw, the uni brow. It's like, why don't you shave it between it, dude? It was just one long eyebrow. 
His name just popped into my head. Oh, so you'll name him. You'll name this guy. This but is all like Dragnet. Change the names to protect the innocent Uni brains. There you go. Watch, he's <laughs> blind now, and now he's going to call me out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Listens to your show all the time. Yeah, he's always been listening ever since. Yeah, Sorry, we'll get him Anthony. On, we'll get him on next week for a comment. Um, but, you know, look, a lot of this stems from, and I think a lot of this comes out of disability pride. This idea that you should be proud of your disability. Um, I don't subscribe to that theory. I've made that public for a long time because I just don't know what it even mm-hmm. means, to be perfectly honest. I don't understand it. I'm not, I've not done anything to achieve it. So I don't know what I'm proud of. So I get a little bit concerned about that. And I also think that it kind of deflects from the reality of disability. For many people, disability is, is not a social problem. It's a physical or mental or visual problem. And, you know, for me, for example, you know, I could say it's all society's fault, you know, because I'm disabled by the world outside. But actually, the reality is, you know what, it's a lot to do with the fact that the sun kills my eyes and it, you know, it absolutely knocks me for six and I can't read a screen. And, you know, so I have to use a screen reader and I find that difficult because I have to listen as opposed to you know, look, and I, I find it quite hard with the whole auditory processing. So that's that's not society's fault. That's that's it's not my fault either, really. It's just it's, it's part of the condition. And if I have to blame something, surely it's the disability, right? So, but I'm, if I'm not allowed to do that because I'm supposed to be proud of it, where do we end up? Well, first off, I'd like to say we actually have a disability pride parade in New York City. I personally have never marched in it. It's just not my thing. But Hey, if you're proud of your disability and you need to shout it at the rooftops, fantastic. I'm an individualist. I believe if something works for me or you and it doesn't work for everybody else, who's to tell you to do it another way? If it's not hurting anybody, if it works for you, if it makes your life easier, mm-hmm. go for it. Do it. You know, And that's the way I am. And I, I think the one thing what it comes down to is my biggest stumbling stone with blindness came down to the acceptance that I was waking up every day and I was going to be blind and it wasn't going to get better until maybe medical science does something. They recently just discovered my gene. I have retinitis pigmentosa. 25 years, my blood's been going around the world. They just recently discovered it. I got a little teary-eyed. I'll tell you, I got choked up. I still have light sensitivity. So I joked with Ed and Allison on my show. I go, hey, they're going to cure my blindness tomorrow, and the day they do, I'm out of here, man. The show's, the show's yours. <laughs> I go, don't let the Hedora hit you on my way out. <laughs> it's that, it's, I mean, look, in all seriousness to this, is that not a, a fear for all of us, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Most of us have pitched our wagon to this particular thing that is disability, right? So we're talking about blind tech in, on this show, and you're doing the same on your show, and you're doing lots of other conversations as well. If we're not blind anymore, we're all, we're all out of a job. That's it. We're done. <laughs> I'm completely screwed because my day job, you know, has to do I, – I don't think – okay, if they – if my vision, I'd probably still – you know, my vision's never going to be perfect. But I think I'd be an ambassador. I'd want to talk about it and the trials and tribulations, the things I went through. By the way, I, I – I'd probably have a heart attack the minute they cure my vision when I saw how everybody aged around me. And mm. I think the shock of it all would just kill me. My whole plan, and, and hopefully the people that are against the cure don't mind this, is to have my vision cured, be able to see, and get hit by a bus crossing the street the next day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That would be cool. Wow. And then I'll be in a wheelchair. Hopefully I'll live. So and then, then I'll have something you else. get to try a different disability. Uh, that uh, sitting down blind tech show? Uh, or no, that, that sitting, sitting down yeah. tech show. Yeah, yeah. That could, be, that could be interesting. Wow. You see, um, you can't take it all so seriously. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. You've got to have a laugh. But, but uh, bring it back to the tech side. And I think this is a good way to, to come back to here because obviously it's Side Tech Global, fantastic event ongoing now, and you can catch it all on demand after the event. But... I find it really interesting with tech because I've heard people say that this if there was ever a time in our lives to be blind, mm-hmm. this is it. Because technology has enabled us to do so much more. I mean, can you imagine us? We, well, for a start, we wouldn't be able to do these shows. We would have nothing to talk about. Oh, have you ever tried the Braille stencil? You know, let's do a, let's do a daily show on that. Um, it's not going to happen, right? 
I'd probably be a flute player. Yeah. <laughs> Tuning piano. What would I do in Stephen 1950 Skull. as a blind guy? <laughs> First off, they'd probably institutionalize us, you know, because that's yeah. what they used to do with us and put a sign around our neck that says, this guy's blind. I'd be selling pencils in Times Square. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, everything's a job, Brian. You know, don't knock it. And 1950, it probably paid good money. You know who yeah, that exactly, knows? exactly. <laughs> but but that's yeah. but that, this is where we're at now, isn't it? That technology has enabled us to do so much more. So in essence, that's maybe where people get to the point. I'm trying. I suppose I'm trying to play this out in my head. Is this where people get to? They feel that they can be proud of being disabled. They can feel that the, the disability is part of them, and they can live with it better. Not for everybody, but for some people, because of the fact that you know I say about technology and how. It, it, impacts my life and makes my life better you know it makes me able to do what i do you know that that does mean that i can come on here and do a show like this and that is pretty empowering when you think about it here here's what's pretty cool when i started out in comedy i was known throughout the new york comedy scene as the blind comedian over time as i've evolved my comedy act i now am known as a comedian like everyone else who just happens to be blind and i think the people that say they don't need a cure, I think, you know, if they're being honest, if they're, they don't let their blindness define who they are as a person. We're all individuals at the end of the day. I, I, I go out in my neighborhood. I hang out with a lot of friends that aren't blind and it, they don't think of me as a blind person. It's like, oh, that's just Brian. And, you know, I could communicate with everybody. And I, now don't get me wrong. I still, the people you met once or twice, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, I have no clue who the heck you are. And uh, yes. I never say, I, I, I always call it, hey, man, how you doing? You know, because I can't remember everybody's name or what's up, dude? You know, and, but I don't know. You know, I don't think there's a right answer to, the, to, to this question. To There's no definitive answer to, is it okay for people to say they don't need a cure and they're, Hey, the rest, they're fine with everything. Or for people who say, yeah, if there's a cure, sign me up tomorrow. I think it comes down to who you are. And it doesn't make you a weaker person if you want a cure. It's, you know, yeah, it's like, okay, here we go. Using technology, not all blind people use it. All of us embrace it because it makes tasks to do in our lives easier. Uh, It makes us more independent, I think. But I know certain blind people that have fought learning technology. It doesn't make them bad people, but oh, maybe I know they loads have of people pe- like that. Yeah, loads maybe of they people. have people that do everything for them. I but, don't. But you know what's interesting? The people who do it, as soon as you, as, as soon as they try it, I remember a friend years ago who was totally against the iPhone or any mm-hmm. smartphone, to be honest. Just the whole touchscreen, not for me. I'll never understand it. Can't use it. And I remember he came back to me about maybe a year later. And I was talking to him and he said, because, you know, I don't speak to my friends that often. And he said, um, <laughs> he, he says, I'm using this iPhone now. And I'm like, you were so against that. And he's like, yeah, I was. And now I'm trying it. You know, I love it because yeah. I've realized how, you know, what, what this opens up to me. And that was the early days. That was in the early days when, you know, they were just starting out and voiceover was just becoming a thing and all that. And, you know, it really did make the difference. Um, I want to flip it, though. Just, just a little bit, because we're talking about, you know, people who, you know, want the, the cure, don't want the cure, you know, people who, you know, use technology, who Blue benefit pill, from the red tech. Pill, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, when you, when you flip it around the other way, does it, is it important that we as blind people actually take the time to learn this stuff? Because we have to, like you said, you're an individualist, right? And, mm-hmm. and I'm with you on that. And I talk a lot about personal responsibility on the show. People have to blame everyone else for their problems, but actually, isn't it up to us as individuals to to actually learn this stuff so that we can be capable, that we can do our own thing, we can be independent? Not to get political, but in this country, the we've seemed to have raised a generation of victims. Mm. Everybody's a victim of something, and it, it's really sad. Uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, I left home at 18. I was sighted. I went to college. I moved to L.A., I worked in the movie business when I started going blind, and now I know people in their mid-30s, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, I don't know if it's right or wrong, and they're still living at home with mom and dad. I'm like, oh my God, that would drive me batty if I was still doing that. And it's just, I don't know, like I said, what works for one person might not work for another person. What I will tell you, 
the one area that I think technology is going great for us blind people. You know, don't get me wrong. It has its hiccups, as we all know. Mm. Everything. Technology is never going to be perfect. And it's always it's it's an imperfect science, obviously, technology. The one area where I would like to see the blindness organizations do a better job is helping people cope with blindness. Because I think the psychological aspect, a lot of people don't realize there's a major psychological aspect to being blind. And coping with that at times is sometimes the biggest hurdle, in my opinion. Mm. Well, that wow, this got deep. Got wow. deep, didn't it? Wow. <laughs> but hey, listen. weed is legal now in New York City. I'm not hitting it, but hey. <laughs> Brian, listen, thank you so much for coming on. SightTech Global is happening now. Uh, and like you say, you can go on and you can, well, we can all go on and we can sign up and we can still watch and actually consume the whole conference, right, on demand. It's all you can on demand. You've got great speakers from Wemo, Amazon. Uh, Saqib Sheikh talking about seeing AI with Larry Goldberg, former uh, head of accessibility at Yahoo. It's really a who's who. Uh, Humanware, uh, APH, and all the sessions are available. You just go to sitetechglobal.com, and you could also leave some comments there. And the break, breakout sessions are the, really the only part you need to catch live if you want to communicate with anybody. So look at the agenda. It's right there on the website. No need to register. Just go to it and have fun with it. Brian, fantastic to have you on. That Real Blind Tech Show is available wherever you get good and bad podcasts. <laughs> uh, so do check it out um, wherever you get your podcasts. That Real Blind Tech Show with Brian, Ed, and Allison. It's a fantastic listen every week. And... Uh, I really, really am glad you came on today, Brian. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Sean. Great connecting with you again. And great being on with Sean for the first time. I'm still waiting for my invite to the shed. So I'm looking forward to that. Anytime, Brian. Anytime at all. From New York to a shed. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I think you're better stay where you are, Brian, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, listen, that's it for us today. Uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. I have a hunch you'll have plenty to say after today's episode. Uh, you can also call us on our listener line, one 4567 We're out here. Catch you tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.